W-A-T-B Radio seeks to inform and engage the Bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army and the kingdom. We recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with the principalities and the powers of the air. We are a ministry of prayer, and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe. We provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army, so we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go, bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. This is a WATB disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministries, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. Welcome, my friends, to the Texas Power Hour with Pastor Carolyn Sism and Friends. This radio show is an outreach ministry of Eastgate Ministries in Katy, Texas. Experience the power. Experience the glory with Pastor Carolyn Sism. which is part of the spirit of diocrisies, the spirit of wanting preeminence among you, ambition, recognition. Um, none of this has anything to do with Jesus Christ. It is all demonic. So we repented this morning of any of it that's in us, and we're going to repent at the conference before we ever get started. Amen. I've been in warfare for three days with this, not knowing for sure what I was dealing with, but just warring or just pressing in, I'll put it, whatever it is I do when I'm locked in with God, I'll put it that way. And for those of you, um, I didn't feel like I had really, the Lord changed the message while I was preaching Sunday, and we are so grateful those boys are all out. And I, I even count that 24-year-old boy, I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> I know he's a man, but still, you know. That's still a pretty young guy. So all of them are out safely. And I give that glory to God. Yes. That those boys are out of there and they're safe. Amen. So as yesterday, as I was praying and pressing in, this book kept coming to my mind. The Trump prophecies. Now I vaguely heard of it. And y'all may know a whole lot. How many of you have it? Anyone in here have this book? Okay. As a pastor, we have to be careful that we don't we don't get where we don't pay attention to anything. Mm-hmm. But after 30 years in ministry, I've heard so many prophecies, and I've heard people giving prophecies about stuff, and I respect it and honor it, and I honor Jesus in them, and I bless them to perfect their gifts and callings and to increase in their gifts and callings. But I don't follow every wind of doctrine. I mean, it's, I just bless people and whatever your gift and calling is, but that doesn't mean that just because some latest book comes out that I'm going to take time to read it. But lately, on Sunday evening, we've been going through some books about heaven that are straight from God. And I don't even remember how I decided. Had I heard of this? Vaguely. Because people have trying, been trying to bring it to my attention and it just wasn't there. Um, 
but he the man is Mark Taylor and Mary Colbert. You may have heard of Dr. Dan Colbert, especially Joanne. He's a he's a healer. Yeah, he's a medical doctor who uses uh, healing. And um, I'll briefly. I haven't gotten. I haven't finished this book. There's something. I'm just now getting to the prophecy parts. But I picked it up last night in obedience to the Spirit of God and sat down and started reading. Um, Mark grew up in a Christian home, Mark Taylor, but his father and grandfather uh, were firemen, and his heart was to become a fireman, which he did. And um, in uh, where he lived in California, the uh, conditions were just horribly severe. I mean, they're dragging people out of He's dealing with death every day, some form or another, 20 times a day with all the calls they get. And it finally wore him down. And on the other side of the family, he had preachers. Uh -huh. But it had skipped his father, but it fell on him. Okay. And after 20 years, he burned out in a, as a firefighter. And he became very, very ill. Uh, for 11 years, actually. But during those 11 years, God was speaking to him. Yeah. And um, as we follow, been following these these people who've been taken to heaven or God is using, but these, each one of them had a season, if you'll notice, that they were very, very ill for a long period of time. Yeah. He thought he was dying. Yeah. And they couldn't find out again what was wrong with him. <laughs> And hi, come on in here. Welcome. Glad to see you, sister. We're uh, I'm discussing this book, The Trump Prophecies, today. So y'all, you may have read it, but I have. And I'm greatly blessed by it. Okay, and there again, he was ill before God put him, brought him forward. But this, his was 11 years. And during that illness, and let me see if I can find it, he had a visitation from the Lord. I haven't marked anything. I have no uh, notes here. So I will probably ramble through here if I, because I, I had a visitation of, he called it the visitation of the fear of the Lord. Now he was very sick. Um, see, let me start back here. He's, he was very sick he could, and he was in very bad shape. But he said in the blink of an eye, he was caught up in a vision. And, um, uh, it was a reality that I could see and feel and experience on a plane of existence even more tangible than I had experienced during my season of earthly living. A vision of something so real and so important that it rendered all other human experiences from birth to death a mere prototype encounter of life. What I saw will remain with me forever. I was observing myself from above while my body was crouched in a kneeling position on the floor of the bedroom. Furniture was gone. My walls were the same cream color as they've always been. But my usually tan carpeting was now a deep cobalt blue. I was speaking in tongues aloud. My right arm was extended out in front of my body and I was writing on the floor with my index finger, which was illuminated from the inside out with a strange radiance like the glow of a candle's flame contained just under the skin. At certain points, the light was bright enough that it traced upward into my hand, and I couldn't see what I was writing, but as I followed the trail, my finger was making in the fibers of this new vibrantly colored carpet. I recognized the patterns of movement to be cursive. Suddenly, I was no longer above myself. I was viewing the floor from a first-person perspective. In front of me, a presence appeared in the form of a thick, dark cloud, and I instantly knew that it was God. His magnificence at that moment defies all description here and now. No available patterns within the English language can bring explanation or justice to the awesomeness of that manifestation. He did not move. Thunder. Uh, he did not move, thunder swirl about or dissipate, nor did I utter a single audible order. 
but he remained there above and in front of me like a royal haze in the room, demanding by the very authority of his attendant that every knee bow and all mankind tremble. He was breathtakingly holy and formidable to the core, all-powerful, a being whose supremacy, sovereignty, and dominion were so invincibly omnipotent that without even a movement or motion of any kind, one could be vaporized from existence as his mere thought command, and I knew it. A fear dawned within my soul so abundant and concentrated that no power in the universe save God himself could do it. It was not a fear that I was in danger or that I was in the middle of any evil. It was a reverential fear like a newly appointed servant lying prostrate before a colossal governing force. Yet a cowering pauper brought into the courtroom of the mightiest of earthly kings, one pauper so petrified that they soiled their garments, would consider such an experience to be a cakewalk in comparison to this. Although I didn't comprehend the depth of it at the time, I now know that I was in the presence of the fear of the Lord. And it was the most dominating thing I have ever felt in my life. And so from there he goes on with his story, his journey. Um, and he went to, to Paul, John Paul Jackson's ministries to get this interpreted for him. And they did have people there who would interpret it. And they said to him, the cloud in front of you was God. The smaller cloud standing on your right was an angel assigned to you as you spoke in tongues. You were seeing, uh, you were speaking in mysteries, as the Bible says. The light coming from your hand is the anointing that God has given you for whatever it is you're going to write. The carpet, too, is significant. <coughs> as it means you will affect both your own walk and the walk of others. And blue is the color of revelation. You wrote in cursive because each person's cursive writing has a unique personal flair. So even though the words that come out of you will be the Lord's, they will reflect your style of communication just as the Holy Spirit impressed upon the writers of the Bible. You may not yet know what it was you were writing, but whatever it will be, you are now anointed to accomplish it. And as I mentioned Sunday morning, many years went by before he brought this forth that God had shown him. It was 11 years to be exact. And he had dreams and he, he's in, he shares a dream in here he had of the, of the angels. Uh, he said he frequently saw himself interacting with angels and I'm not I'm going to skip over that story and I encourage you to read it because it's awesome because I want to get to the part about the prophecy about the Supreme Court so that's where we are right now I just wanted to tell you a little bit of how he got there a good guy I mean a hero a lieutenant and he uh, he was promoted to lieutenant when he retired he retired because he was extremely ill when he retired and then his journey back to uh, healing was part of him meeting Dr. Colbert. But God had already given him, uh, and there's a story of how God gave him his new name. His new name is Shekinah Kani. And the fullness of that means beautiful one whose desires are fulfilled. Okay, that's all another story. I'm just trying um, uh, Skipping over there. Um, okay, so in 2011, during his early stages of treatment, at that time he was with a doctor, Van Lu. He'd been watching Fox News, just trying to distract from all of his sicknesses and anxiety, not really listening, but just trying to get a distraction. And he said he saw Donald Trump on there, and he wasn't really paying him any attention. Just another guy giving his opinions, who was telling what, you know, what he thought about, but actually he was talking about how he was going to handle finances. And he said he didn't really know him, just knew he was some rich guy. That's about all he knew about him. 
And he said, from out of the blue, I started to discern an old sensation of certainty, as if I were about to be told something that had already been solidly ordained in the spiritual realm. Now, this book was written in 2017, just to get everything acclimated here. It was more than a mere sensing of incoming revelation. It was a knowing. You know, you heard me talk about there is the there is a revelation, there's the prophecy realm, and there's the knowing realm. And if you're, you have prophetic giftings, you know what I'm talking about. He, so I know what he's talking about. I stood to my feet. My eyes saw the screen, and my ears were beginning to tune in a little more to what Trump was saying. But my mind and heart were preparing to be the true recipients of whatever it was I was going to learn. It never had anything to do with Trump's words. But something about hearing his voice at this moment popped out at a different experience from all other times I had heard him speak. And then like a ringing in my spiritual ears came the Lord's disclosure. You're hearing the voice of the president. I knew all at once that I had a vision, but the vision I had on my bedroom floor speaking in tongues and writing in cursive on the carpet was demanding me to take action that I would write a message that would affect my walk and the walk of others. What rang true in my spirit in that instance, that this was the day and this was the message, I was hearing the voice of a future United States president, and the Holy Spirit had enormous, an enormous word for who had ears to hear. So he picked up his pen, pen, and at the time he wrote it down, and this is what he wrote at that time. The Spirit of God says, I have chosen this man, Donald Trump, for such a time as this. For as Benjamin Netanyahu is to Israel, so shall this man to be the United States of America. Okay, so um, he pinned that as the commander and chief prophecy. Now I'm looking for that prophecy that I. Trump, 2006. We want to hear that. We want y'all want to hear that prophecy, John. It's called the Commander Chief Prophecy. And why have I lost it? Okay, I know why I've lost it. Because he didn't reveal it to me right away. Sorry, y'all, I didn't put this together. So he but he thought that this was going to happen in 2012. And it didn't. And so of course he questioned himself. Okay. But then as time went by, then's when he met Dr. Colbert. And he took to Dr. Colbert and he handed him the Trump prophecy. And Dr. Colbert received it. Uh, now this is written by Mary Colbert, this section, and how she received that prophecy because she became the leader of the prayer group that prayed and how God used them to pray and pray and pray. And, uh, well, I'll get on into this. Okay, but she said she received it because it had rhythm. Okay, um, let me get to Trump prophecy. Okay, let me read it to you. The Spirit of God says, I have chosen this man, Donald Trump, for such a time as this. For as Benjamin Netanyahu is to Israel, so shall this man be to the United States of America. For I will use this man to bring honor, respect, and restoration to America. America will be respected once again as the most powerful and prosperous nation on earth other than Israel. The dollar will be the strongest it has ever been in the history of the United States. And will once again be the currency by which all others are judged. The Spirit of God says, The enemy will quake and shake and fear this man that I have anointed. They will even quake and shake when he announces he's running for president. It will be like a shot heard across the world. The enemy will say, What shall we do now? This man knows all our tricks and schemes. We've been robbing America for decades. What shall we do to stop this? The Spirit says, ha, no one shall stop this that I have started. For the enemy has stolen from America for decades, and it stops 
He was in white chariot sleeves rolled up. They were fired up, ready to go, ready to make their case for a Clinton presidency, one that would build on the Obama legacy. That was in the BBC News. Okay, and then, <clears throat> um, see which part, I haven't totally read this chapter, so I'm trying to figure out which part I want to share and not. Uh, okay, these are newspaper articles, and it's talking about what Brett Bayer said, and it's talking about how God is going to, that he says, he says in here that Hillary will go to jail. He, he says she will. Um, but I'm going to skip over that, okay? That section. Because <laughs> I've got something else I want to share with you, okay? And the prophecy. Um, I'm going to see what this one. Well, this is the prophecy about the Clintons, okay? Y'all may read it. Sure. Because I want to get to the Supreme Court. The Spirit of God says the Clintons, the Clintons, your time has come to an end. For you both are being omitted for the crimes you have committed. Mm -hmm. Hillary is no great secret, and they will let her be that will be her downfall. But bills will be exposed one after the other, and it will be a windfall. Mm -hmm. For this time you will not escape prosecution and restitution for the rape and prostitution. Mm -hmm. You thought no one saw. Mm -hmm. But I the Lord see it all, and this doubt will be your downfall. Spirit of God says, Beware, beware, the enemy roams about seeking whom he can devour. And this sitting president is doing just that in this hour. He's full of lies and deceit and is very hateful. He spreads division and corruption with every mouthful. Full. Beware what he says. Look over here what the right hand is doing to divert your attention from what the left hand is doing. It's his intention. This is a setup from the president and his minions. From the hate, the division, and Hillary Clinton. Why can no one see this? For the signs are clear to see. That this president and his minions shall try for three. A sign will be he will try and take the gun so the people can't rise up and stop him when he tries to run. He will not succeed. This is the people's rights that make, make no mistake. It will be a fight. Spirit of God says, my army, my army, rise up and take to the fight. And I will stop this that has already taken flight. For this is a war over America, not to be taken lightly. You will have to fight. But America will shine brightly. Take the fight to the enemy, and you will be victorious for all to see. And America will be loved once more, even by, that, by some that used to be her enemies. My army continued to war, pray, and fight with a shout. We got that shouting song at the conference, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I will remove this president that he has been allowed. Then you will see the man I have chosen, Donald Trump, when he takes back my wife. Okay, now I'm going to go over here to the Supreme Court, okay? There's, there's just a ton of stuff in there, but I can't cover it all because the Supreme Court is what is there. Okay, he says there's going to be a rest. The anticipation of a possible rest on this front has been just beneath the surface for quite some time now. As I stated before, some were convinced that if Clinton were president, she'd be in prison. Will that happen? I believe so, if she wasn't president. And when it does, it will be a sign that the Jezebel spirit that has been over the United States has been locked up. And it goes on the Clinton the Foundation and the corruption there, yeah. and 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 uh, the, all the things that be scoped. Okay, now I'm going to the Supreme Court. Why the Supreme Court must be the next to change? God is beginning to make changes from the top down. In 2011, He told me that He had ordained a new type of presidential figure for this country by selecting Trump, but that was only the beginning. When people pray and begin to make a change from the top down, not only does the transformation have to happen with the role of the highest leaders, and some of this part that I skipped indicated, of course, which we know, once the election was won, 
then we had to pray uh, to fulfill uh, the battle had just begun yes. once the election was won right. to take out all this corruption and anti-Christian yes. uh, overturning Roe v. Wade and abortion and so on okay <clears throat> so he's saying here it is necessary to re rearrange his surrounding advisors, peers and supporting staff as well there was a time when leaders had godly advisors. This will happen again. You see, we want God back in charge of our nation. God is not finished. because, Okay, we're in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is within us. But all through history, God has used men and women. He sets kings in place over nations. He cares about the nations. He cares about the people in the nations and he raises up godly leaders through time to bring his nations back to God. This will happen again. God is not finished making changes in this country. He plans to completely transform the justice system. As he told me the day I wrote this word above, time is up for those who are corrupt. He means it. And we're watching corruption in our Justice Department that is unbelievable. Yes. He goes on to say in the second half of this work that the best days are ahead of us. He intends to clean house through our entire government. Joanne, all you were praying and praying and praying for years has been heard. I'm going to get to that. Amen. <laughs> all of our praying and praying and praying on Wednesday night for the nations. Yes. You know, we were faithful. Yes. Absolutely. I'm not just us, but all the other faithful that God has called. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To understand why this transformation is so important, we must comprehend the nature of the Supreme Court's role in our country. The court consists of nine justices, and as the name states, it carries an ultimate authority within our country. The Supreme Court has a special role to play in the United States system of government. Constitution gives it the power to check, if necessary, the actions of the President and Congress. It could tell a President that his actions are not allowed by the Constitution. It could tell Congress the law it passed violated the U.S. Constitution and is therefore no longer a law. It can also tell the government of a state that one of its laws breaks a rule of the Constitution. The Supreme Court is the final judge in all cases involving laws of Congress and the highest law of all, the Constitution, which we know the highest law of all is God's law. But our Constitution was based upon God's law. Yes. Uh, because the President nominates the justice who will serve within this realm, the outcome of any election has a direct effect on what type of person will serve in the Supreme Court. I'm moving on now to Jeff Scalia. I'm skipping things because I can't cover all this in one message. The death of Justice Scalia was indeed a blow to conservative citizens throughout our country. It also left a key element, our nation's Supreme Court, understaffed and vulnerable during a peak moment in our nation's history. As the election of 2016 raged, it was suspended between two candidates that could not have been more opposite from one another. Simultaneously, the future position of this powerful, decisive entity hung in the balance. When Associate Justice Antonin Scalia passed away, it left the Supreme Court almost gridlocked on so many decisions. And then he goes on into talks about that. Okay, let me go to what the Spirit of God says. He's telling, you know, how... Let's see what the Spirit of God says. Okay, so the Spirit of God says, Why do I sense fear in my people about the future of America? Have I not said that I have heard your cries and will heal your land? Stand firm. Do not falter. Put on the full armor of God. Rake the enemy over the coals. For the end time battle is on for I want for my one billion souls. 
Spirit of God says, you know, I claim North Korea. Y'all know that I have claimed North Korea to be opened up for Christianity. Yes. I claim China to be opened up for Christianity. I have declared that North Korea's 70 year of judgment is over. Yes. But do you not think there's going to be a battle? Okay, I'm back to what he said. Now that's Carolyn talking. Okay. I get using his words and I start prophesying. The Spirit of God says, Do not fear that my servant, Justice Scalia, has been taken. For some are crying out, Why have I forsaken? For I will show myself strong to prove that the so-called wise are wrong. For some will say that this is a miracle, for I am just getting started. This is not even close to the pinnacle. For what I'm going to do with my America... For do not my people have eyes to see and ears to hear the two signs I gave when they carried my servant's body up the steps of the courthouse where to rest he did lay. Read the signs. Read the signs that were for all to see and understand the words in this prophecy. The Spirit of the Lord says five. That's right. Five Supreme Court judges will be appointed by my new president. My anointed. I will choose five through my anointed to keep those alive. I will stack the court with those that I choose to send a clear message to the enemy that you lose. <laughs> Church, we've been fighting for so long. Yes, Lord. For the God, for, for God to be over this nation. Mm-hmm. This yes. is the miracle that I will perform so that my court will be reformed. Remember when I was in DC a few years back, I looked out that window and he says, Carolyn, the spirit let's vote. You cannot trust any branch of your government. The Spirit of God says. Cries, the cries that I have heard from the womb have reached my eyes and ears like a sonic moon. The five I appoint and the reform that shall take place, the great I am shall take on this case. For it is my will and my way for all those who have prayed that my court shall overturn Roe v. Thank you, Lord. Glory. The Spirit of God says, America, get ready. For I'm choosing from the top of the cream. For I'm putting together America's dream team. For the President and his administration, to judges and Congress, to ease America's frustrations. The Spirit of God says, rise up my army and get in the fight. For this is the generation that's taking flight. This is the generations of warriors that those of old wanted to see. And the enemy will have no choice but to flee. Rise up, stomp the enemy's head with bliss, and send the enemy back to hell and into the abyss. This is the generation of warriors that all hell has feared to face. And see, but I am, and all heaven is cheering you on with glee, your supreme commander, God. Thank you, Lord. Okay. I'm I'm skipping over some things, but you're going to tell you what God said, okay? He's explaining what's going on, but I'm going to tell you what God said. Y'all know what's going on. I am pro-life, Trump said during Wednesday night's presidential bank when asked whether he wanted that decision. Roe v. Wade reversed. Um... Let's see, I'm looking for the, what the Spirit of the Lord says. Uh, I have originally prophesied that three judges would be caught in a scandal. And subsequently, they would be dismissed of their responsibilities or stepped down. Now, this is not that said the Lord. I'm just ran across this. The Spirit of God says the Supreme Court will lose three. My president shall pick new ones directly from my tree. Later, God told me that in addition to this, one would pass away, and it would not be who we think, and one would retire. 
This means that Trump will replace a total of five justices while he's in office. Um, are you starting to grasp just how essential this situation is for the future of our country? <coughs> there are nine positions in the Supreme Court and Trump will be replacing five. Yes. Because God's anointing will be nominating this, these individuals. Now give me a little minute here because I haven't had time to prepare, prepare for this. I'm looking for, he's telling the story here. Uh, I'm looking for the spirit of God says. He's preaching and teaching here about the Supreme Court. God has told me that he's choosing his dream team to run this country. Transition is always hard and change is often met with resistance. But God has promised us he will clean house. I'm a firm believer that the next generation of our country's leaders will come forth from God's remnant. Imagine that this country will be like when the army of God prevails and the leadership is godly. God will lead the transformation within the judicial system of this country. He will bring in his chosen just as he did with Trump. And they will begin to legislate according to righteous standards. <laughs> See, they have not been legislating according to the righteousness of God. Is he saying the judicial is going to legislate? Um, it, will, it will begin to legislate, well, according to righteous standards. Well, it's a, we know that that's, con I think he's probably skipping over here and going into Congress, because Congress legislates. Exactly. The government will have a place with godly advisors again. That's what he did. He's talking, it's two different sentences. The, ju the judicial system will bring big God's jealousies, and the legislation, the legislative, will legislate according to righteous standards. Sorry, Joanne, I didn't do a good job with that. He will lead our president in choosing his supporting staff and leaders, especially within the judicial system. See, it's the judicial system we need cleaned up right now. It's the biggest mess we could possibly hope for. The laws of this land have to change in order for us to return to the days of our prosperity. It's time for the laws of our land to align with biblical morals again. We need to invite God back into our legal system, back into our courtrooms, and evict the evil that currently resides there. Yes. Amen. God has ordained that once again there will be order in the court. Order in the court. <laughs> he said the glorious church will arise. Um, the church is in trouble. The church has been duped. The church has unwittingly signed a deal with Baal. Yes. Many people these days are saying that America is under judgment. Let me be very clear, America is not. The systems are. And specifically, it's the church that's under judgment. <laughs> judgment starts in the house of the Lord. Amen. People, this is, like our conference coming up, this is not a Jesus party. God called this, the scepter of the king. This is not someone's gifts and callings. And they're, they're, who they are being recognized. This is serious business, church. I don't care if you're a remnant or you're 10,000. It is a serious time and it's serious business. And we don't have time for second grade play acting. There's no place in it in the body of Christ. There's no place in it in the church at this time. There's no place in anything that does not have to do with God and what he's doing on the earth. There's a sovereign move of God on the earth. We have seen him move in the charismatic renewal. We've seen him move in different ways. But there's a sovereign move of God upon the earth. And that sovereignty is that he's rooting out, he's tearing down, and he's rooting out the evil and the wickedness in our nation. And that scripture in Jeremiah 1.10 is what we are called to do at this conference. 
Does somebody have Jeremiah 1 10? No. Or me? Read out. Tear down. Somebody read it. Who's got it? Jeremiah 1 10. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. This is where we are, church. This is what you want to know, you'll be part, God, what, what part of what God's doing on the earth? I do. I mean, earth's fine, okay? <coughs> but I want to be part of what God's doing. This is what God's doing right now. Yes. In the earth. He's doing it in our government. We're watching it on our televisions. He's doing it in the nations of the earth. He's calling forth a people who will rule and reign with him over the nations. And he is extending his scepter to those who will accept that call. Root out. Tear down. Destroy. What else, Henry? To destroy and to throw down. Throw down. To build. Build. And to plant. Okay, and God has to root out before he can build. Now I know why we're having this conference. See, you're warriors. Because this guy, nobody ever heard of him. He was a firefighter. Nobody from nowhere, except he was, you know, a nice guy. Loved his family, took care of his family, took care of his extended family. He was a hero. Lieutenant. And God chose him. Amen. God chose him to deliver a word. Now, who's going to hear the word? I mean, you've got words. Well, who's going to hear your word? But when God gets you ready for that word to come forth, God gave me that word 45 years ago. <laughs> 45 years ago. It's God's timing on your words. Mm-hmm. And you can say, well, I don't believe in prophecy because God gave me a word last week and it hadn't happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have little faith, it won't ever happen for you. <laughs> because um, you're, you have no faith. God is God. God is God. God will be who God is. He has a sovereign time, an appointed time, that he is going to do what he is going to do. And you cannot rearrange God according to your time schedule and according to your lack of patience. Amen. Yes. <laughs> Has anyone ever tried to do that before? <laughs> I didn't. I just kept being. Just be. Stop pushing. Just be. And as you be, following God. Yes. Loving Him. Serving Him every day and whatever it is He gives you to do. One day, you're going to land into what God told you He, he was going to use you for. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to get there murmuring and complaining and blessing at God. and You just be. Mm-hmm. Okay, I stopped and preached. <laughs> he didn't say all this. <clears throat> In the first paragraph of the word I wrote called Let My People Go in July 2016, I haven't read that one. It may be in here, I just haven't got to it yet. The Spirit of God says, When Donald Trump is elected, a sign will be given. The earth shall quake because of who I have selected. <coughs> On November 14, 2016, just six days after Trump was elected, there was a major earthquake in the city of Christchurch, New Zealand, South Island, Canterbury region. I knew that this was the earthquake that God was referring to because he told me that the quake would serve as a sign that he was going to shake up his church. Now, come to my to this conference that we're having in July the 20th or 22nd. If you're going to come to be noticed and, and, and you're coming for a Jesus party and you're coming to for any other reason than for what God is doing right now, we 
which is to root out, tear down, destroy all that is evil and wicked in this world. And he wants the remnant church to get lined up um, and do what God has called you to do and get the work done and forget about yourself. It is serious times. We have to know the seriousness of the times. Where was I? Henry, you don't have any notes to help me. <laughs> the area struck by the seismic activity was also dealing with a series of tsunami waves at the time. This was God's way of saying that the judgment was on Christ's church. And that the aftermath was going to appear in waves. We've already seen the first wave in the form of a massive exodus from the church. Because so many people have had enough of the organized establishment. Yes. That the church has become. Congregations are losing numbers left and right. These gates. We're not the only ones losing numbers, just in case you're judging us. Whether it's spiritual, financial, moral, or whatever the individual case may be, there is just far too much corruption to hold its audience anymore. Why is the body of Christ under judgment? And exactly how is most of it under contract with Baal today? God showed me in April of 2016 when I wrote the following word, purging the temple. The Spirit of God says, I haven't read this yet, so. The 501c3, the 501c3, those that are eating of it are not eating from my tree. For when I told Adam and Eve, do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for you shall surely see. So it is with those that eat from the 501c3. For this demonic document that you have signed has now made you spiritually deaf, mute, and blind. Woe to those who continue to use this demonic system. For you will be exposed and purged from this evil system. The Spirit of God says, Can you not see that you're taking a bribe? They will say it's all about the money, and for that you shall be kicked from my tribe. Taking a bite from that apple has taken you from a spiritual body to a brick and mortar and has placed you under the new world order. No wonder God will not let us build a building. Because it's not about me paying a note on the brick and mortar. That's true. Amen. Paying the utility bill. No. And I can't tell you how many people and I've been in this a long time want to have a ministry to have the ministry support them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Their whole motive for wanting to be ordained yeah. and go into the ministry That's right. is mm -hmm. to have the ministry support them. Amen. Mm -hmm. Yes. Lord, help us all. Now I'm telling you, and that's a strong spirit tries mm -hmm. to get on people. Mm -hmm. And it's so strong out there. God will support whatever he's in. Lord, help me preach this. Lord, I get to. Um, for that... Okay, of the New World Order. How, for how could you be a part of my spiritual body when you've cut off my head? For those that don't turn will surely fall as dead. Tear up the contract, repent, divorce Baal, and remarry me. And I will remove the spiritual blindness so you can once again see. Amen. Come out of this. Come out of this before it's too late. How many people do you think are in ministry right now who are using their ministry as a rival? For my judgments are on those systems that I hate. Come out now, for I will be no longer 
for I will no longer tolerate. In order to understand, to explain further why the 501c3 is so dangerous to the church, allow me to bring you up to speed on some pertinent history. In 1954, churches were added to the 501c3 section of the Federal Tax Code. Senator Linda Johnson was the main mayor responsible for this action, which is why it's called the Johnson Amendment. Mm -hmm. Under the new law, churches are not able to attain the tax-free status and were no longer required to pay taxes. Wait a minute. Churches were already tax-exempt. So what was the motive behind this action? Um. <coughs> well, it's certainly a debated point. Let's take a look at it a little more closely. Under the policy as it pertains to 501c3, a tax-exempt religious organization cannot speak out on the essential issues facing our current society. Mm -hmm. Some would argue that what it actually states is that the individual church under contract is prohibited from backing a specific political candidate. While this is true, a little digging into policy reveals a lot of fine print that actually restrict, restricts the church much further, keeping it from saying or doing much of anything within political realms. See the IRS definition below. Okay, Trump came in and turned that over. He overturned it. That we're I think that was already overturned. Okay, but he came in and he wrote an exemption uh, that we don't have to, if they, we can preach anything we want to from the pulpit. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. religious yeah. freedom. So. But yeah, religious freedom. McCain Feingold tried to do the same thing that 90 days before an election, that no group, which, which by now all the pro life, pro family groups we were or in Washington representing our viewpoint. And McCain Feingold tried to shut it down 90 days before an election, saying they couldn't publish oh, the records so. of the, the voting records of the congressmen. We need to pray for McCain. He still has time to repent. Mm -hmm. He still has time to repent. Okay, but what Trump did was said it's okay to preach from your pulpit straight from the Word of God what the Word of God says. He came directly against same-sex marriage, homosexuality, and the military transgender yeah. stuff. Yeah. Which is in the Bible that we are supposed to yeah. preach. Right. Okay, now you, I, I saw on Facebook, and I don't know, you know, I don't have believe half of on Facebook, that Canada has ruled that preachers cannot preach those scriptures from the Bible. Did y'all see that? Well, they have it for a long time. Kenneth Copeland Ministries, they're in there. Mm -hmm. That's been part of. They cannot preach against homosexuality, whatever. What Canada did, there is a Christian university in Canada, and their law students that get a degree cannot practice in the in Canada anymore because that university takes a stand, biblical stand, defining marriage, abortion, and so forth. So they negated their. They've got students that are almost. Ready to graduate. You remember how much persecution I came under when I would preach at marriages between a man and a woman, and that uh, abortion is a sin. You know, I, I have stood with all of these truths all through the Bible, and people would come to our church and they would confront me on it. I said, "I'm sorry, it is written. Uh, living together before you get married is a sin. Fornication is a sin." Lying, cheating, stealing. Can I ask you a question about that? Something came up. I was talking to someone. When a couple is married, I know you said before that marriages are some or most or whatever are recognized in heaven. Mar Lord, show me the vision. Marriage is a living entity in heaven. Mm -hmm. okay. So if a couple yes. is divorced, is it still living in heaven or what does hell is that? Unless God declares it dead. Mm -hmm. that God makes that divorce agreement don't mean stay in the world heaven. Doesn't mean thank God. That piece of paper. I just said this more God showed me. Okay, so they're married, God recognizes in heaven they get divorced. What if they start living together again? But they're not legally married on earth, is that well, they're still married in heaven. <laughs> I don't get into heaven's business, Joanne. That means I lost the argument. Then. Yeah. <laughs>
don't get into God's business making judgments. No, that's God. Uh, I, I told y'all that vision I saw, and I'll tell it again since it came up. I saw this man and this woman, and the marriage is a living entity separate from these two people. The woman is a living entity in heaven, she say, and the man. But their marriage is a living entity in heaven. And the marriage has a soul. Yes. The marriage has a soul. Mm-hmm. And all of the positives and negatives, I saw this V8, it was like a, it was like a river flowing, a V8 between the man and the woman and the soul. The soul was in the middle. Going into that soul was hate, love, unforgiveness, forgiveness, meanness, goodness, cruelty, abuse, kindnesses. These two, these were building into this soul. And eventually, these two rivers of the bad and evil will build a demon in the soul. And a demon will be in the middle of the soul of the marriage. And that demon comes to destroy that marriage and destroy them. Mm -hmm. And the Lord said the only way to get the demon out of the soul of marriage is separation. Not a divorce, but a separation. That way the demon can't do its work. Because he's got it going on. And he's causing pain. Because see, their living entity together creates the soul mm-hmm. because it says the, the marriage is a living entity of the power of God mm. and that demon is creating pain in the marriage mm-hmm. and if you separate and come back together that you've broken the power of that demon Amen. sometimes it's maybe weak getting away from each other maybe it has to be two months I wouldn't go over two or three months but She said that there's places in heaven where there's whole nations. Mm. Whole nations. Mm. Now remember, there's lots of nations. Denominations. Nations in the United States. Uh, Cultures become nations. Yes. But that, I mean, I can't can't confirm that. I'll just tell you what this woman said. Y'all do it what you want. But she said when she saw in heaven, she saw there were places in heaven where there were whole nations. There are sheep nations and goat nations. Yeah. And they were and, and the sheep nations will be separated from the goat nations. I can give you scripture. There's scripture. Yeah, he's gonna separate the sheep nations from the goat nations. And I was in Wales. Wales told me there was <laughs> Yeah, I told y'all. I was looking out on this hillside. Everywhere you look in Wales, there's cheap. I'm on these wheels hillside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I looked out the window. I've been seeing these sheep for a couple of days. And Lord says, Wales is a sheep nation. <laughs> Wales is a sheep nation. And New Zealand is too. <laughs> so, yeah, we, I mean, we're to pray for the nations. And church, we're, I mean, we got, we're responsible for our walk. We're responsible for our family, for praying for our family. We're responsible to minister to our families. 
we're responsible to minister at the local church where we're planning them. But let me tell you, the church of the living God is responsible to nations and that we are to pull down and tear down and destroy and root out and then there is a building coming forth. And as I said Sunday morning, David was a warrior and he was not allowed to build. But Solomon came along and he was a builder. And that's the reason why I guess we're not allowed to build. Because this is a church of warriors. And every single one of you are not afraid to go to the hell's gates. Amen. Okay. Let me see if I, I got finished here, Hannah. It's 11 o'clock. I just barely skipped through this. And I haven't read it all. I just was sorry. I obeyed God and started on it last night. I should have obeyed him and started on it yesterday morning. That I wouldn't have been going <laughs> all day long. Okay. <coughs> the most important message I can leave you with is this. Take ground and hold it at all costs. As I have explained, God, let no man take your crown. Let no man, that means you, okay, don't let Satan take your crown. That means God's given you a crown. He's given you, he's given this church six crowns this year. Now this is no small thing. Mm -hmm. But let no one take your crown because Satan will do it. Okay, he wouldn't, that scripture wouldn't be in there if somebody could, if somebody couldn't take it. Yep. Right. Shania, I'm going to give yours, yours back. I took it from you Sunday. I'll give it back to you. It's okay. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I'm just out of gold crowns. Dre, you have any gold crowns with you? Not with you. No? Okay. <laughs> Okay. Oh, show us the crown. The crown. The, I, they don't have a crown. Uh, I'm cool. The one with the scepter. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, let me finish this. Uh, God has given me the word that likens modern day America to the hub of a D day activity. We have a great, mighty work ahead of us. Each and every one of us is placed for such a time as this. The church has a terrible habit of taking ground and backing off when pressure subsides. This leaves territory unclaimed and vulnerable to further invasion and habitation. Tear down, root out, destroy, and then build. After you've cleaned it out, then you've got to put the good in. In the spirit realm, battles have a location, just as the physical battle has a tangible location. Our battle rages on in the spirit realm against supernatural forces and in spiritual places. Army of God, know your enemy and know how to prepare. Yes. Understand what this really means to take ground and hold it. Yes. Understand that when I say this, I'm talking about spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. Sonia and I were discussing yesterday, and there's so much good stuff in here, that uh, there are still churches who will not do spiritual warfare. Correct. They won't. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't even let me open my mouth and pray in their church, I'm sure. I'm not, I'll not get mad at it one time, but not two. <laughs> <laughs> 